the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for listening in. Contending for our faith literally means to fight for it. Today's world continually reminds us that essential component of faith As we stand firm, we should not be surprised or shocked by what we see and hear because Almighty God said these things would be. God is our salvation, our Savior, our all in all. We have everything we need when we look to Him, the author and finisher of our faith. Have your Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Jesus Christ, the King of glory, came not to be served, but to to serve. He's the greatest expression of, of servanthood. You know, and this scripture also reminds me of the scripture in Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, which says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. And that's the kind of attitude we ought to have in marriages. This is one of my favorite uh, scriptures that I use, that we ought to have the husband ought to be seeking the interest of his wife and the wife of the husband and so forth in every aspect of life. We ought to be seeking the interest, not of ourselves, but, but, but others. A slave does not have his own agenda. He only has the agenda of his master. Slave does not have his own. He, he can't just think of what he want to do. He is told what to do. And how many of y'all know that today that we are slaves? You, you're not, not, yeah, you're a slave. And we ought, we ought to be slaves for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And our agenda is to be the agenda of our master, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, we realize that um, we think of slave, the negative connotations of that word and, and, and blacks and history and what happened with Africa and slave ships and how we were uh, taken across the ocean and brought to America and all and other places and how we were sold and how we were renamed and mistreated and the families divided. That was a horrible thing. And what made it even more horrible is that you even had slavery in the name of Christianity. Uh, 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 I never will forget. I was doing a Luis Palau crusade and I was on the uh, I was on the executive committee in the early 90s that brought Luis Palau in for an evangelistic crusade in the downtown area. And one of my white pastor friends was having difficulty um, with his car. And he asked me after the meeting, could I take him to the church because he was without car? So here's this black pastor and white pastor riding in the same car. And I took him on the other side of town to where he needed to go. And as we were talking, we were, we were dialoguing together. He, and as I was pulling up to his church, he said, you know what, Rander? I said, what? This very church years ago, uh, when blacks would come to the church, that's why I'm not going to call the pastor the name because I don't want you uh, mad. <laughs> and besides, uh, I've preached there many times. Church is gone now. We've had great worship there. But there was a time when blacks would come to this church instead of opening their arms and allowing them to worship together together in the unit of the spirit. We would, the, the church would actually give them 
taxi fee to take them to the east side to worship with their own race. And he said that was just damnable. And yet these same folks say that they are saved and they're born again. But if they're that saved, how could they do such a thing? And that's just not, that was very common all over. Different. That was just one illustration. And it shows you how far, you know, the church goes. Now, is there racism today? Of course it is. It's all kind of stuff. And it's not all overt. And some, it's, some of it, is, a lot of it is underneath. And well, but let me tell you something. It, it, it's always had a very negative connotation to the point that we don't want to be called slaves anymore because of our history. But let me tell you something. We ought to take delight in being called slaves for the Lord Jesus Christ because he is our master. How many of y'all know that Jesus Christ is your master? Whether you black, white, brown, whatever color you are, rich, poor, Jesus Christ is your master and we are his servants. We are his slaves and we are not to promote our agenda. Uh, We are to promote his agenda. Uh, It is not our will. It is his will to the glory of almighty God. Uh, and, and, and let me let me give you another scripture uh, so that we can just get happy and shout on. Look at the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses three through five. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses three through five. If you don't have a Bible, look up on the screen and next time bring your Bible to the glory of God. If you don't bring your Bible to the church, I'm quite sure you won't bring it anywhere else. Amen. Uh, look what it says in John 13, uh, three through five. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands. And that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. My friend, listen, one of the greatest illustrations of humility is that the king of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ, left his throne, left the throne at, at the right hand of the father. He took on human flesh and blood, died on the old rugged cross for the salvation, for our salvation and sins. This same Jesus, you know what he does? He takes a towel and he kneels down. The God of all creation gets down on his knees with the basin and he begins to wash to the, the feet the dirty feet and the Palestinian dirt off of the disciples' feet. God washing his own creation's feet. Think about that. Now, that's a great, that's a tremendous act of humility. And in that crowd, you had Judas in that group. And Jesus being omniscient, knowing everything, knew that Judas, that devil, would sell our Lord for 30 pieces of silver, and yet he washes his feet also. What love. What love. What humility. Knowing what he was going to do. Now, don't get too huffy and puffy with Judas, because there are some Judases in the house. Let's say amen. It is amazing when Jesus Christ, he has saved us and uh, he's, he has regenerated us. He, he has purchased us with his own blood. And, and Jesus Christ, knowing what we're going to do the, the, day we wake, the day we wake up, before we wake up, he knows what we're going to do. And you know what he does? He wakes us up knowing that we're going to misrepresent him. He wakes us up knowing 
that we're not going to be truthful. Wake, wake, wake many of you up knowing that some of you are going to mess with pornography. You're going to play the lottery. You're going to tithe. You're going to gamble the money away. Or you, you're going to cuss your husband or, or misrepresent the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Going to disown him. Uh, look at something that, that breaks his heart. Uh, 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 have bitterness and, and hate and, and vindictiveness and all of this stuff and yet God out of his grace and love still loves you enough to wake you up to let you do that to him. Now isn't that, isn't that grace uh, just uncomprehensible? You can't even comprehend that kind of grace. And, and, and God, the Lord Jesus Christ, washed Judas's feet. That's love that you can't even describe. You see what I'm saying? And, and God washing the feet of his creation. There's something I want to say about all of this. A, Jesus Christ is the greatest example of what it means to be a servant. You want to learn how to be a servant? You want to get over yourself? Start looking at Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the greatest example of what it means to be a servant. And when you get to looking at Jesus and seeing how he served and seeing his love, his unfailing love and what he did for us in spite of what we do for him. Listen, it teaches us without a doubt how to be a servant. B, the vision of servanthood cannot be caught until you passionately fall in love with Jesus Christ. Do you realize the vision of servanthood cannot be caught until you passionately fall in love with Jesus Christ? A lot of people ask me, Randall Draper, what is your vision for this church? They, they want me to give some great big treatise on my vision. And I say, you know what? My vision is to see the Lord, Lord's people to fall in love with Jesus, to love him, to love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Because when you passionately fall in love with Jesus Christ, you'll be a servant for Jesus. Wherever you, you have, you won't be made to be a slave. You will volunteer. You know, there was a time when in our history, in our history, we were made to be slaves. But for Christ, we voluntarily lay our lives down for him because he laid his life down for us on that cross. Amen. You know, in other words, I'm so much a slave and he's such my, so much my master that wherever he wants me to go, I'll go. Huh? Huh? Whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. Whatever he wants me to be, I'll be. Whatever he wants me to say, because he is my master. He's my master. I mean, he's, he's loving, he's kind, he's sufficient. God is, 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 is good. So uh, uh, my, my, my vision is to get people to fall in love with Jesus Christ. Because when you fall in love with Jesus, you won't have any problem giving. You won't have any problem. You love him so much you can't wait to be on time for worship. You love him so much until you can't wait to get back here tonight to celebrate this new, new converts getting baptized and the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper as a family. I mean, you can't wait. You, you have the spirit. You so love God that you have the spirit that says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You love the Lord so much that when you can't get here for whatever reason, you are disturbed. You wonder what's going on and you hate the fact you missed it. Have you ever been here, not been here and you wanted to be here? And then when you find out how good it was, that just makes it worse. It, I mean, it bothers you. Now, don't say you love God if you haven't, if you can't even come to church four consecutive Sundays. Matter of fact, that's a good test. I don't want to raise your hand, but just think about it. When is the last time you've come for four consecutive Sundays on time? 
Now, you don't have to think that long to see. I bet you've been four consecutive days at work on time. I'm talking about four consecutive Sundays on time. Now, you say you love him. Well, well, why can't you show up for him? Why can't you? On time. To the glory of Almighty God. Amen. Stop saying you love him if your actions don't show it. When you love him, you won't sleep on him. And when you love him, you won't act a fool on him either. The vision of servanthood cannot be caught until you passionately fall in love with Jesus. I propose a question to you. How much do you love Jesus? I mean, loving him in talk is not good enough. You got to love him with your life. A C. It is impossible to be a servant until you first die to self. You know know that? A servant has to die to, to self. It is impossible to be a servant until you first die to self. John 3.30, the gospel of John 3.30 says he must increase and I must decrease. You know you're making inroads and you know that you're making progress of the kingdom when every day is God increasing in you and you decreasing. In other words, God is saying, if you're going to increase, you got to get over yourself. Because the fact of the matter is, when we come to Christ, the first agenda that God has is us. It's dealing with us and slaying ourselves. If any man will come after me, let him what? Deny himself. You and I get in God's way. So the first agenda, once we get saved, is to get ourselves out of God's way so he can be maximized uh, through us to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you say amen? I mean, we must decrease and he must increase so much so that you radiate God and God exudes from you. People can see the aura of Christ all over you. They can't even miss God in your life if they tried. Now, that's love. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31. First Corinthians 15, 31 says, I affirm by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die Daily. I what? Die daily. Let's say it together. I die a little bit louder. A little bit louder. You know what that means? Every day it ought to be a little less of you and a little more of God. I mean, so much so that folk ought to see more Jesus in you at this juncture of your life than they did five years ago or even last year. Because there's a little less self in the way. Little less of pride in the way and arrogance in the way. Little less of you in the way. Dying to self, dying to ways and attitudes and actions that gets in God's way and and keep him from getting glory out of your life. The chief end of man is to glorify God and and to have fellowship with him. And God wants to, you know what God desires? He desires to take pleasure in you. Did you hear that? God desires to what? Take pleasure in you. But you know what? He cannot take pleasure in you, your lifestyle, your servanthood, if you are not dying to yourself. And when you die to self, that means you can't walk in here mean. No, because you've died to yourself. You can't walk in with your lips poked out. You you can't gossip if you're dying daily. Won't you say amen? I mean, when you die daily, your, your posture changes, your disposition changes, your attitude changes, how you treat your husband changes, how you connect with your children changes, how, how, how you relate on your job changes. I mean, you don't, folk don't run away from you. They run to you when you have died daily. Listen, if folk come, to, folk dodging you and running from you and hiding and act like they don't see you is because you're not dying daily. You're not dying daily. 
You know, I die daily. I die daily. D, the question we must ask ourselves is where is our servanthood? Jesus was a servant. Jude, a bond servant. Jude was a servant as well as Jesus. And he, he caught that vision uh, from, from his brother. <laughs> so the question is, uh, uh, the question we must ask ourselves is where, is, where is our servanthood? And this leads to another question found in Psalms 116, 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? What shall I give unto the Lord? God's been good to me. He saved me. He gave me mercy, love, grace, Calvary. God gave his son. God gave the scripture. God gave me the gift of this day. God gave me children and he's given many of you grandchildren. God has given you jobs and others of you retirement and health and strength and a home and roof over your heads and running water and the ability to even pay your gas even though gas is high. What are you going to give God back? What are you going to give God back? He wants your life. He don't want just a dab added to your schedule. E, finally but not the least, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must, say must, that's everybody in this room, we must, it's for, for the saved, because there's two judgments, there's a judgment seat of Christ and there's a great white throne judgment, here is a reference to the judgment seat of Christ. For we must all, say all, you're saved, appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one, each one, say each one, you're not getting by, may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Man, when we stand before the Lord to give an account of our deeds done while on earth, the greatest thing we can hear after our works have been evaluated is servant. Well done. Now, I know we have many of you here with all kinds of jobs and great jobs. And many of you have one. I mean, God has blessed you wonderful degrees and you've you've gone up the carpet letter. You you've done a wonderful job in your career. And hearing your boss say well done is one thing. Hearing your mom and daddy say well done is another thing. Uh, getting a purple heart uh, pinned to you by president. Well done. That's another thing. But you know, the greatest thing in all of life is to hear Jesus say, well done. Amen. How many of you want to hear him say, well done? I mean, don't fool me. Don't, how many of you really want to hear God when he looks at your life and he evaluates your life? You want to hear the Savior say, well, servant, well done. You know, if you're a teacher, he's not going to say, teacher, well done. He's not going to say architect, well done, engineer, well done. He's not going to say preacher, well, he's going to say servant, you know, because we are servants. You know, if you want to hear him say, well done, that means you have to not be upset when your name is overlooked or forgotten. If you want to hear him say, well done, you can't be fighting over what seat you sit in. If you want to hear him say, well done, uh, you have to be patient in parking. Won't you say amen? When you, when you want, if you want to hear him say, well done, well done, you got to realize that God don't only, is not only to be worshiped at, at the day, but he's also God of the night too. When was the last time you've been to church at night? You go to the Spurs, where? At night. 
When you were in the world, you went to the club, what? Oh, now y'all see this again. You know all y'all, some of y'all, I know all of y'all have them, but a lot of y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. At night, think about what you did at night. You get saying, oh, I got to get in for dusk. Wait a minute. You're going to run home on God now that you got older and saved. And when you're out there in the world uh, on prime time of your life, night didn't bother you. Didn't, you didn't start putting on your clothes to 10 o'clock. <laughs> Won't you say amen? Now, oh, it's, honey, it's bad out there. It was bad out there when you were young, too. When is the last time, when is the last time you come and worship God at night? You want to hear him say, oh, are you too important for God? When you think about who he is to you and where he has brought you from and in light of the brevity of life, how many of you know that your life is but a vapor? Let me see your hand if you know your life is that short. That means you don't have much time. That means that we are almost about to die. About to die. Life is a vapor. And if life is that short, you can't hear him say it's ever well done. And after this message, you're going to sit there and accept an excuse that Satan's going to put in your mind. You know, you can't hear God say, well, serving well done. If you're messing with somebody that's not your wife or husband. You can't sit here a servant say, well done, if you cheating and stealing and lying and cussing and homonging and you want to hear him say, well done. It's no, listen, you, you can't be beside yourself and think God's going to just overlook that. Be it known to you today, everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. And the hardest way, the hardest way to go to hell is from the church house. I mean, you come in here, bring that Bible and, and come in here and say amen and look nice and give a little bit or whatever you do and then go home and then, and then go to hell. You don't have to come in here to go to hell. If you go, if you go to hell, just go straight. <laughs> just go straight. You're going, you're going to hell the hard way if you come to church and go to hell. I mean, go on out there, do whatever you want to do, lay and play, you cuss God, act the biggest fool on this side of heaven, then go straight to hell. But when your mind is fixed and your heart's made up and you're determined in your heart to love God and to serve him, when it hurts, sacrificial, when you're persecuted for righteousness sake, I mean, you give God all of you. Realizing that the time is at hand, Jesus is almost back, and my life is nothing but a vapor. In light of that, I get busy and I give him my all because all to him we owe. To hear a message and not do nothing with the message you heard, how do you expect God to say, Servant, well done, when you were so passive with the word of God? So apathetic with the word of God, nonchalant with the word of God. And God is saying, as I close, wake up, my child. Wake up. God is on the throne. He's almost ready to come back to get his church. And he's coming back for a saved people who's been washed in the blood of the lamb and living the life that reflect the fact that they have been truly born again. And all God's children said, let's pray. Father, we love you, we honor you, and we adore you. And Father, we want to hear you say, servant, well done. But we have to live up to your expectation, expectations for us. Lord, we've sinned and fallen short. We confess. Father, we prayed even in our prayer time and 
we announce things that we need to be saved from as a nation. Oh, God, help us to rediscover this word bondservant and be selfless, sacrificial servants with you being our master. Please, Heavenly Father, wake us up. Turn our hearts toward you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, listen to this. I want you to look at me. I want you to look at me. I know I'm not the most handsome thing in the room, but you look at me. Look at me real good. You are somebody's slave. Mm -hmm. You are either slave for Christ or you're a slave of of Satan in this world system. You either give the internet and slave to golf and slave to entertainment and yourself and greed and materialism or you're a slave to Jesus Christ and for the cause of the kingdom and his righteousness. My question is, whose slave are you? Who is your master? And if if you want Jesus Christ to be your master, you need to change masters right now. The Bible says, whosoever called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or, Or you can be so full of yourself and your excuses, you your master, and you sit in that seat, and you leave out of here deceiving yourself as if everything's going to be all right. And you can go on FM 78, I-10, 410, I-35, any of these roads and have a head-on collision and be in hell. The road to hell is paved with good excuses. And excuses is the surest way to send yourself to hell. But I want to let you know you are somebody's slave. And if you want to be a slave for Jesus, I tell you what, he doesn't make you a slave. You have to voluntarily be, want to be his slave and love because you love him so. So you're here today, whether you're a young child, whether you're adult, single parent, widow, widower, uh, older couple, younger couple, whatever age you are, doesn't matter how bad off you've been, the grace of God can save you where you are. Say the old wretch like me and put me in a pulpit. I'm not up here because I've been so holy and so righteous. I had to repent and cry out just like you. There's only one way into the kingdom. And that's through Jesus Christ. And you're here today without the Lord. We cry out for you. you, And we intercede that God would wake you up. And you come up here and say, I want Jesus. Contending for our faith is worth the fight against Satan's tricks of his trade. He won't stop trying to circumvent our faith. Therefore, we must keep God first in all we do to resist him. We must be steadfast in exercising our authority in the name of Jesus to thwart Satan's efforts. We will be the recipients of God's perfect plan for each of us if we contend for the faith, or we will suffer the dire consequences. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.